This week on the Small Church Media Podcast, we're going to be talking about how to get more people to hear your sermons. Now, not necessarily butts and seats, but today we're going to talk about four tips on how to get more people to listen to your sermons all online. You ready to have this conversation? Let's do it. This is the Small Church Media Podcast with Mark Hyde. Well, what is up, everybody? And welcome back to the Small Church Media Podcast. If you are new here to the show or you've been only listening to the show for a little bit, I just want to say welcome to the party. My name is Mark, and I get to hang out with you guys week in and week out to talk about media and how we as small churches could use media to both grow our churches, not necessarily just numerically, but also grow and engage the faith of our congregation. You know, when I first started this podcast, the whole idea of this podcast and the creation of it was I would be listening to so many leaders in our industry talk about what churches can do online for their websites, for their social media, for their Google Click campaigns, for their print promotional materials, for podcasting, for YouTube, for Vimeo, for Instagram Reels, for TikTok, and everything thing I was hearing, it seemed so, oh goodness, impossible? So hard for small churches to pull off what they were talking about. And it seemed like so many Facebook groups and so many other different places leaned more towards, I would say, the medium to larger size churches where they had bigger staffs, where they had bigger resources. And let's just be honest, bigger budgets to be able be able to pull some of this stuff off. And so the whole idea with this podcast is what can we do so small churches can almost have a level playing field and not just leave media to the big churches. So if you're along for the ride, and this is maybe your first episode, you're early on in the adventures and hanging out with me, I just want to say welcome. And if you have been hanging out with me since the very beginning, I just want to say you guys are the real MVPs for hanging out with me this much. You know, it's kind of crazy. I have two different podcasts. I have this one and Real Talk Christian Podcast. And it's so fun to see how many people are actually able to be impacted and ministered to by these podcasts. But to be honest with you, I don't know how you guys listen to me talk this much. I don't even know if my kids can handle listening to me talk this much, which which they do because I, I talk a lot at home too. But I just want to say for you guys been hanging out with me for a long time, I just want to say thank you for keep continually coming back to the podcast. I just want to remind you guys that this week's episode of the Small Church Media Podcast is sponsored by our friends over at Worship Tools. Worship Tools creates software tools designed to equip your worship team and enhance your congregation's worship experience. Planning, presenter, and music stands, which are their apps, are all included and are all, this is nuts, like legit, completely free for your entire team and entire church to use. You can prepare, rehearse, and present at the next level using worship tools. So get started today over at smallchurch.media forward slash worship tools. Again, that's smallchurch.media forward slash worship tools. And here's the deal with actually having an official podcast sponsor, all right? I have loved worship tools way before they even sponsored this show. In fact, I had Adam, Adam, I always mess up. I want to say Adam Mayer, but it's Adam Meyer. I had Adam Meyer on the show a while back, and it's still one of the most downloaded and listened to episodes about how you can plan, present, and even pull off your Sunday, uh, staff, your Sunday morning worship service with volunteer uh, softwares where you can even message and notify and 
schedule people and ask. You can present it up on the screen. You can import stuff directly from CCLI and songs like library, so you don't have to type in every single worship slide. And you can even import your Bibles as well. I still think this is the best, literally best kept secret of all time for small church when it comes to media. So head over to smallchurch.media forward slash worship tools now. Now, before we jump to the conversation, I got one review that I get to read. And I'm excited about this one, guys, because here's the deal. I asked you guys week in and week out, hey, if you listen over on Apple Podcasts, leave me a review and a rating over there. It helps more people find the show. And if you're on Spotify, you can't leave a review, but please, please, please leave a rating over there. And so whenever one of you guys step up and say, I'm going to leave you a review, Mark, over on Apple Podcasts, it just makes my day. And if you do leave me a review, I want to send you a free coffee gift card on me just to say thank you for that. So this review was left by Bruce Leroy DeFirst, which I'm guessing you got a junior. You got a junior at home? I don't know. But Bruce Leroy says this, small church pastor here, I thank God I stumbled onto this podcast a few weeks ago. I've been binge listening ever since. You've answered so many questions I didn't know I had. I can't thank you enough for these. Please keep them coming with three fire emojis. So we're just going to call that fire, fire, fire. So Bruce, I want to say thank you for leaving that review for me. Hit me up over at hello at smallchurch.media. That's my email address and with your name and your address. And I want to send you a free coffee gift card, whether it's Starbucks or, hey, you know, screw it. Let's say you don't like coffee. Bro, I'll find something to send your way. No questions asked. So if you leave me a rating review over on Apple Podcasts, I'll read it here on the show and send you something free. But we're not here for you guys just to hear me ramble on about what's going on in my world. We're here today to talk about the four tips on how to get more people to listen to your sermons online. Now, we might be thinking, okay, so Mark, why do we even need to put our sermons online? You know, like people talk about live stream and then they put them on their website, but do we really have to have like our audio podcast for our church sermon library audio? Like that just seems like it's a lot of extra work. So here's three different ways, or not ways, that's wrong, three different reasons for why why we even put our sermons online. The first one, which makes the most sense, is for people to catch up on a missed Sunday. You know, way back in the day when people were living in, uh, well, not people were living in, people still do live in nursing home, but when y'all were living in the Stone Ages, how about that? <laughs> but, you know, way back in the day, for people who were living in nursing homes or in different places, they were at the hospital, they were on the road, what churches used to do was they would record the audio of their sermons. They would put it on a tape or they put it on a CD and then they would send it out to whoever needs it. And today we don't need to do that. If someone misses a Sunday morning worship service, they could just go online to the church website or honestly any podcasting platform and just catch up on a missed sermon that they miss. And that's a great reason why we need to put it online for easy access for our own church members. Another reason why we should put our sermons online is for people to share those messages with their friends. Let's say there was someone in your congregation and they heard you preach and they're like, you know what? I really like this. I need to send this to my boyfriend or my girlfriend or my spouse or a friend who's going through a tough situation. Or hey, maybe you're talking about different apologetic type issues in your church and you're like, you know what? I have someone in my life who's asking these big questions of faith and culture, and society, and reasoning, and all these different things, I should send them this sermon. Having your sermon online is a amazing opportunity for your own church members to now share your church's sermons with their friends and even their family. And the last reason of why we need to put our church sermons online is for people to find your messages and be able to maybe grow or come to know Jesus through those, and potentially also find your church and call your church home. 
a little while back, we had Chad Harms on the podcast, and he was talking about over the course of one year, this last year, remember, he's a small church pastor, church size of like 60, 70 people. He had 20,000 downloads of his sermons over the course of last year. That's a lot of people who are listening and engaging with the Bible, with your sermons, and with your church, so that way they can grow in their faith. And if you never put your sermons online, and if Chad never put his sermons online, people would be missing out on some amazing, amazing growth opportunities with that. So we need to get our sermons online. And how do you get your sermons online? You know, this was one of the very first episodes I ever did on the podcast, back on episode four. (laughs) Back on episode four, we talked about the four different ways to get your church's sermons online. And I'll put a link in the show notes so you can go back and listen to that one if you want to. And I'll be honest with you, I have actually changed my opinions a little bit on this topic in terms of I was very opinionated in one direction. And to be honest with you, I'm still pretty opinionated in that direction. But I think there's some other really unique opportunities for churches about how to get your sermons online. So, so you know what? Maybe we'll revisit that. But at the end of the day, the content hasn't changed. There are so many different ways for you to get your church sermons online. And if you do not have your church sermons online yet, you need to get them online. So go back to that episode. You'll see the four different ways to get your church sermons online. Then come back, maybe ask me some follow-up questions, and we can have a conversation about some different opinions that I have, or honestly, based on what type of website your church has, I have different answers now for that as well. But at the end of the day, we need to get our church sermons online. In today's culture, it's really easy to get them online, but then the question you might be asking is, okay, Mark, so once we get our sermons online— and we get why we need to have them online, how on earth do we actually get people to listen to our sermons? And that's probably the biggest question that most small churches have, because a lot of small churches already have their sermons online, and you as a small church pastor, small church volunteer, or director, or whatever title you have in your church, you might be thinking that as well, where Mark, we already live stream, we already put our sermons out there, we already have audio on our website. I mean, hey, shoot, you may even have your stuff over on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts already, and you might be asking the question, Okay, Mark, so how do we get people to actually listen with our sermons? So today, I'm not going to give you some tried and true methods about this will guarantee get people to listen to your sermons, because to be honest with you, some of this is all happenstance, some of it is dumb luck, but I really do think that if you follow the tips I'm about to give you, you can learn some valuable things called SEO, which is search engine optimization, so how you can set your podcasts and your audio sermons to be found a little better online, and then when people find it, they actually stick around. So today, I'm going to give you the four tips on how to get more people to listen to your sermons online. So how do you get more people listening to your sermons online? Number one is you have to help people find your sermons, okay? People aren't just gonna accidentally stumble upon a random church at a small town, you would say, and listen to their sermons. You actually have to help people find your sermons. And so how do you do this, all right? So how do you help people find your sermons? Now, the first thing you have to do is put them in the right places to be found. Right now, Spotify is probably the most popular audio listening platform out there. And if your church's sermons are not on Spotify, you are doing something wrong. You know, way back in the day, Apple Podcasts used to be the king of all things podcasts. And if it wasn't on Apple, let's be honest, Apple Podcasts is really what started the podcast trend. You know how we have iPods? Yeah, yeah, pods, podcasts, iPods, Steve Jobs, Apple. That's really where the whole idea of a podcast came from was through Apple. But 
Nowadays, Spotify is the primary place where people actually go and listen to their audio. In fact, I the other podcast that I do, Real Talk Christian Podcast, already talked about it today. I would say over 80% of all of our downloads, which our podcast over there, we average over 20,000 downloads per month over there. And 80% of those downloads all come through Spotify. And then even just to make sure that, you know, okay, are people financing Spotify or bots? We started a Facebook group. We ask people all the time, hey, how did you find us? I would say the majority of the time when people say, hey, I was just on Spotify. I was just searching for a certain topic that you guys talked about. You guys popped up first. I listened to it and I was absolutely hooked. So the first thing that you need to do as a church, if you want to find, if you want people to find your sermons online, is you have to put them in the right places, which means you A, need to put them on your website so people find them there. But B, you got to put it where people are at. So they have to be on Spotify. But then again, they also have to be on Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts and and Pandora, and Stitcher, and maybe Podbean if you're using over there. But either way, you got to put it in the places where people are actually listening to their audio. The second thing you can do to help people find your sermons is you have to actually name your episodes properly. Many times when I look and see what a lot of churches do is they try to name it in accordance to a series or week one of this topic. And so that way, when people are kind of scrolling through their website, it's actually easier for them to just see where it actually falls into place. But here's the deal, all right? The way podcasts and the podcast world works is most people don't think in terms of series. They think in terms of individual episodes. So when you're naming your sermons to put them online for podcasts, I want to challenge you with this. Start actually writing your titles in a way of where people are actually looking for that content. So, for example, let's say you're doing a series on, um, well, I'll just do one that Southside is doing. They're doing one called Christ Esteemed. And what does it mean to have Christ Esteemed in all areas of your life? And the first way they talked about is where do you find your self-worth? So what they did for their topic or for the the, the episode uh, the episode title was how, like, where does your self-worth come from? Which was a great thing because as people are turking up Christian self-worth or things like that, that is a better chance of popping up in someone's search results rather than crisis themed week one. So if you are not actually giving true names to your actual sermon series titles for your audio, I want to challenge you to name them properly. And then from there, don't, in my opinion, if you want, you can put the name of the title and then after the title, like week one of Christ's theme series or week one of the reset series. But you know, I don't even think you necessarily need to do that. You simply just need to put the title of what the actual sermon is. And then if, but again, I mean, this is where I kind of go back and forth, and I struggle with this, is if you're going to put a really catchy title, I would say you do the catchy title and then literally just put after that, like, comma, week one. And then the next title, comma, week two, and then add the series name at the end of it. But this is where something called show notes really comes into handy. And show notes actually also play a big role in the actual SEO in search because we found out on our other podcasts that we do, when we include in our show notes other topics in terms of like, hey, here's some other episodes that you may enjoy. If someone just for us search denominations, we are actually the first the first podcast to pop up. But then you might see some other podcast titles underneath the nominations because that podcast was listed in other shows, show notes. So you wanna make sure you have good show notes for your sermon as well. 
So what should you include in your show notes for every single sermon that you have? You need to have what the title of the sermon series actually is, what week you are in that series, what are the main passages for that series, who is the person preaching for this one, what is this week actually even about? I would say you want to type up about maybe three or four sentences of what this actual one episode and this one sermon is all about. So if you can condense it into literally a paragraph, also put that in the show notes. And then out of your show notes, put links that may be helpful for other people. So you can do links to other episodes that are other sermons that you have preached inside of your show notes. I always think you should include your church's website right there inside of the show notes. And even if it's just the website with forward slash give or forward slash sermons or forward slash questions, whatever you want to do. But if you can lean into putting your episodes where they need to go, titling them properly, and then put in your show notes all the details that people need to know about that specific episode, people will be more likely to actually find your sermon online. So after you help people just be able to find your sermon, you then, which is, this is the second tip that I'm going to tell you, is your sermon needs to not sound like a sermon, but it needs to sound like an actual podcast and an actual podcast episode. So how do you do this? You do this through having a welcome message, maybe with music, I think with music is the best way, before the sermon that actually sets up the conversation or the series or what you're going to be talking about. So when you come here to this podcast, at the very beginning, I say, welcome, here's what we're going to talk about, hit the music, and then we're into that episode. For our church, though, if you go listen to Southside Baptist Church, and you know what? I'll even include this in the show notes because the associate pastor over there started doing this, and I just want to give Pastor Brando a big round of applause for doing this with his. But at the beginning of every single sermon, he actually says, you know, just want to welcome you to Southside Baptist Church's sermon audio podcast. This week, Pastor Scott is going to be talking about this certain topic from our series here. If you have any questions or if there's any way we can pray for you, we want you to send us an email at info at southsidesbc.org. At the beginning of every single sermon, he actually creates a new audio snippet that goes before the, whatever our pastor is actually preaching about. So that way, when people find those sermons and find those messages, it doesn't just feel like, oh, it's just another church sermon, but it actually feels like a real podcast episode with a real opening of what people expect. So that way, when they hear it, they can actually engage with what's about to happen. The other thing, too, that you need help make it sound like our podcast is actually have a call to action before the sermon begins. So what our church did for years is we said, hey, emails at info at southsidesbc.org. Maybe something that you can do, though, is include something a little bit different, but do something more like, hey, leave us a review. Um, uh, maybe you are trying to get signups for a certain thing or you want to provide a free resource. Whatever it is, actually tell people ways for them to engage with the show, but also engage with the church in general. So have a call to action before the sermon begins. What Welcome people to the show. Tell them what you're going to be talking about. Tell them the series where it's going to be, maybe in the Bible passage. Give them a call to action of, hey, here's how we want you to respond to this message. And then you get into the actual sermon. And then if you want to have a little bonus, you can also include a call to action after the sermon as well, where after the sermon is all said and done, the same music that was at the beginning of the podcast episode starts to play again. And there's a little, little out, 
a little outro is what we call it. This doesn't necessarily need to be recorded every single week, but if you just had a simple recording at the very end where it's like, if this sermon was an encouragement to you, we would love for you to share it with a friend of yours. We would love for you to leave us a rating and review, and we would love it if you could let us know that you listen and connect with us as a church. The CTA and the intro and the music at the beginning of the podcast episode, or I keep saying podcast, that's the way we need to think. The beginning of the sermon is a necessity the call to action and the the, the outro, that, that's kind of more of a bonus at the end of the episode. And then the last thing you need to do, and I've already hit on this so hard, is you have to ask people to leave you a rating and review. And here's the other thing too, be unapologetic about it. The more you make the church sermon feel like a podcast, the more people will engage with it like a podcast, and that's the mindset that you need to have. So here's how you get more people to listen to your sermon. So far, we talked about you have to help people just find your sermon. Then you need to make your sermon sound like a real podcast and not just, you know, just like a generic sermon. And then the third thing you need to do, and this is the third tip I'm going to give you today, is you have to make sure that people will stick around when they are listening to your sermon. And here's how you do this. Here's how you get people to stick around during the length of the actual sermon. You have to have amazing audio quality. Hands down, this is probably the most important factor about having people stick around and listen to the show because if the audio has like a buzz or a low hum or a high-pitched ring or it sounds a little muddled or it sounds really airy where I'll just demonstrate where you're really far back from your microphone and people can't always hear it, people are not going to engage with that sermon. So they will instantly leave and find something else. So you have to make sure, A, the audio quality doesn't suck. It actually has to be good. And then after that, you need to cut out all the junk that is not needed for an audio podcast. So if your pastor walks up on stage, or if you as a pastor walk up on stage, and you're saying things before the sermon, you're kind of interacting and saying, hey, good morning, how are you guys doing, interacting with your congregation, cut all that out. That's really cool for people who are engaged in person, but people online, they don't need to hear that. They don't want to hear dead space. They don't want to hear the mumbo jumbo. They just want to hear the content. So when you are actually editing the audio for your podcast, get right to the part where you or your pastor actually begins the sermon. So for some people, like I know Matt Chandler, for example, he walks up on stage and he says, hey, you got your Bibles? Cool, turn to this passage and then you're off to the races. For me, when I would jump up on stage for a sermon, I would always start with the story. Now, I would kind of make some funny comments or remarks or say, all right, at this time, you know, all the kids, uh, kindergarten through second grade, you guys are dismissed off the children's church. And while, while, you know, while that's going on, I would encourage you to take your Bible to turn to this passage and then I would pause. And then I would get into my sermon. So you want to make sure you cut out all the fluff that's in front of what the actual message is so that when people start to listen to the sermon, they're instantly being hit with content. Because with podcasts, not the engagement with the audience is key, but the actual content is key. And the last tip that I can give you today, just to get how, how to get more people to listen to your sermons online, is you have to make sure people know both when and why they should come back and listen more. And how do you do this? You make sure you let people know when they're supposed to show up by being consistent in your posting. Like for, for this podcast, we drop at what, guys? Every single Tuesday morning. Now, I've maybe a fat thumbed a couple times and dropped them on Mondays instead of Tuesdays, and that was just kind of a whoops. But, <laughs> but this podcast always comes out Tuesday morning. The other podcast that I do, 
always comes out Thursday morning. So if you're going to drop your audios for your sermon on Monday morning or Tuesday morning, it does not honestly matter when you post it, but you have to be consistent so people will know to look for it. And then the other thing you could do is in the intro to, again, we're going to create intros to each one of our sermons. We've already talked about this, but in the intro, talk about the series as a whole. Say what you've talked about already in the series so that way people can go back, but oh, I want to listen to that one. And then what you will be talking about throughout the rest of the series. Because if people wind up listening to a random topic that they're like, okay, this is kind of interesting for my life, but it's actually week four of a six-week series. If you tell people, hey, this is just you know part four of the six-part series, I would encourage you guys to go back and listen to all the other sermons that catch up to this point. And then in the coming weeks, this is what we are going to be talking about. That is a surefire way for people to get excited about what you've already talked about, which then that's how you create binge listeners and get high download rates. And then after that, you can continue to lean and say, hey, come back next week for this. And that is really the power of a church sermon audio podcast, because with podcasts like me, to be honest with you, sometimes I don't know what I'm talking about next week, or I'm settling, like, right, right, to be honest with you, if you would say, Mark, what are you talking about next week? I would say, I don't know. I got like six different topics that I want to talk about, but I don't know what I'm talking about yet. Whereas for a church sermon series, you generally know what series is coming up next. You don't always know, but if you do know, lean into it. And if you follow these four tips, I can't guarantee, I have to say, I cannot guarantee that you will get higher download rates, you will get higher engagement rates, you will get higher shares. But if you are going to get more people to listen online and then get more shares and then get more results, you have to follow these four tips. Now, there's a lot of big churches out there that might not follow these four tips. In fact, I listened to Andy Stanley quite a bit over there down at North Point. They don't do any of this crap, just to be honest with you. But they also have a large, large following, and most people listen to Andy Stanley stuff because he's simply Andy Stanley. However, for us small churches, if we want more people to find our sermons and engage with those sermons, whether they are our own church people or not, we have to follow these four tips because here's the deal at the end of the day, all right? So if you have a member who's active in your church and they miss a sermon, they're probably not going to go back and listen to the one they missed unless you give it a clever title and then people actually want to listen and they don't want to miss what's going on in this series. So don't be scared to be your biggest hype man up on stage either. But if the audio quality is awful, it doesn't matter how great of a pastor you are. It doesn't matter how great of a communicator you are. If the audio actually causes distraction and headaches and it just this low hum or high ring that just drives people nuts, People are just going to turn off and say, well, you know what? I'll just talk with Pastor. I'll catch up with him later. So if you want people to actually, not just people, but if you want more people to listen to your sermons online, you got to make sure you let people be have the ability to find your sermons. And then you got to make your sermon sound less like a sermon at the beginning, make it feel more like a podcast. And then you have to make sure that people will stick around for the entirety of the podcast and then... Set them up to come back next week to join you or go back in previous weeks and listen to other podcasts and other sermons that you kicked out. 
And that's it, guys. Like those, that's literally the four tips that I got for you on how to get more people to listen to your sermons online. And I want to just challenge you with this. If this episode was kind of encouraging to you, or you're like, you know what, Mark, there's somebody else that needs to listen to this specific episode. I would challenge you to share this with two or three other small church pastors in your immediate circle or in your community. So that way we can come alongside and help more small churches and more small church pastors use media to grow both their church numerically, which is, that's not the most important part. The most important part is us be good stewards of the technology that we have beginning, be, that we have been given and grow the faith of our congregation. So I wanna challenge you, send this episode or one of our other episodes to two or three other small church pastors and that would be the biggest, biggest blessing that you can do for me for this show. Make sure you check out worship tools over at smallchurch.media forward slash worship tools. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, leave me a rating review. If you're on Spotify, just leave me a rating. And if you did leave me a rating and review over on Apple Podcast, Bruce, and the other one I still need to get to is Lenny V. Send me an email with your contact information, and I will get that gift card out in the mail to you guys. But just like always, it's been an absolute pleasure hanging out with you guys again for another week of the Small Church Media Podcast. Come back next Tuesday, and we will continue having conversations on how we can use media to grow our congregation's faith and also reach new people for Jesus. Sound good? All right, guys. Well, until then, take it easy and have a great week. The Small Church Media Podcast is a part of Mark Hyde Creative.